Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. Whether it was shock or whether this woman has the most incredible sense of humor, Kathy Gilchrist's reaction was she starts laughing and she basically says, well, of course my father's a murderer. <laughs> For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. A recent Consumer Reports survey of home DNA kit customers showed that about 20% of Americans have taken a genetic test, hoping to find answers about family origins or potential health problems. 10% of those customers said the results contained unsettling information. Hannah Deneen joins us from News Center, Maine in Portland, Maine. Hannah, let's start back in 2017 when a woman named Kathy Gilchrist gets interested in genealogy. What sparked that interest? Well, thanks for having me, Reed. So Kathy Gilchrist was adopted uh, and she says that she grew up with a charmed life. She loved her adopted parents. Uh, They had a great relationship, Uh, but in her older years, she just had this curiosity, this nagging curiosity about what her biology was, who, where she really, where she came from, who her uh, biological parents are, and and what her biological family is like. So she turned to as uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, across the world have done on the last you know, many years is she's turned to ancestry DNA. Uh, a kit just came in the mail and she, she took it and she was ultimately connected with this third cousin in Portland, Maine, Susan Gilmore. It started June 1st, 2017. We were on the phone by the end of that day and I knew she was an adoptee and I knew I could help her. So most of the people I know, friends and family members that have used one of these services, Ancestry or 23andMe or any other number of companies like that. It's just sort of a fun thing to figure out. Maybe they want to learn more about their heritage. Maybe they're just, you know, curious and it's it's a fun thing. But with Kathy Gilchrist, she had this, this clear goal of she wanted to know more about her birth family being adopted. And as you mentioned, it led to that third cousin whose name is Susan Gilmore. What happens then when Susan Gilmore starts helping Kathy try to find her birth parents? What does that search look like for them? So Susan Gilmore, who I met through an unrelated interview, uh, she describes herself as an armchair genealogist. For decades, she'd been uh, really passionate about finding uh, her family history, figuring out her family history, her lineage. And when Kathy reached out to her and said, I am your third cousin and I, I'm dying to know more about my biological family, Susan jumped on it as this new and interesting challenge. And when Susan and I first spoke, she she told me 
it's been an interesting task tracing my family history to a degree, but that it's only so exciting because I'm usually tracking down fishermen, housewives, farmers, these, these interesting family people, but I, this was just a, a new challenge, uh, something a little bit out of the norm. Right. It's after about a year from your reporting that Kathy first figures out the identity of her birth mother, right? Exactly. So she found out uh, who the birth mother was, and they are keeping that identity uh, private because this woman uh, actually denied that she had this child, despite the fact that in Susan's research, speaking to other family members and so on, she did confirm that this was Kathy's mother, and there was also uh, biological evidence through these Ancestry or 23andMe DNA kits. Uh, but this woman was not particularly excited to be tracked down. So they're keeping her identity private. But yes, about a, about a year later, so 2018, she finally discovered who her biological mother was and then began poking around, speaking to other family members, trying to figure out who the identity of the father was. And this is where things take an unpredictable <laughs> and really bizarre turn. Take us through that discovery then when they do figure out the identity of Kathy's birth father. So Susan finds a name for Kathy's birth father and she Googles it and lo and behold, pops up the FBI's most wanted list. I came up with an FBI wanted poster for William Bradford Bishop Jr. And I don't know how long I sat there. Not where she expected it to take her. She said normally she tracks down Facebook pages, um, you know, maybe an obituary. But this was different. So shocking that she obviously double-checked. I went back to double-check, triple-check, to check locations to make sure it was possible. It all fit. Susan believes Kathy's birth mother met Bishop at a college party while he was a student at Yale. And Kathy looked just like him. She looked so much like him. She double-checked, she triple-checked, and she just said she sat there with her mouth open once she's finally essentially confirmed that this is it, I because this person had committed this horrific crime according to this FBI's most wanted list. And that name is William Bradford Bishop, which is a name that is for sure familiar to some of our listeners. And for anyone asking themselves, you know, where have I heard that name before? It just so happens we covered Brad Bishop's story on an episode of The Daily Crime back in February. And for anyone who missed it, that episode is titled, It Starts Off Just Like Any Day. And we released it on the 45th anniversary of the crime he's believed to have committed. Hannah, can you refresh us on who this man was, Brad Bishop, and what he's thought to have done? So I'm not surprised at all to hear that you have done a previous podcast about him because he is an unusual character in that prior to this horrific incident, he was very normal, if not exceptionally uh, educated and a family man. He is a father of three children, but starting up, going back to his education, he went to Middlebury College. He went to Yale. He started working in the State Department. Uh, and he is living with his wife, three boys, and his mother. And 
from the outside looking in seems to be a very normal family. And one day, it's so it seems, William Bradford Bishop Jr. snaps and he comes home from work or rather on his way home from work, he makes some stops to get, uh, I believe it was a shovel and some kind of hammer where he brings those home and he bludgeons to death his wife, three young boys, and his mother. And then he takes these bodies, drives about six hours in the car with them, buries them in a shallow grave, lights it on fire, and then disappears. He disappeared back in the 70s. He's still on the FBI's most wanted list, so we still don't know where Mm -hmm. Brad Bishop is today, even if he might still be alive. Absolutely. So you can see why people are so interested in this, because... There's been sightings over the last decades now, or or not sightings per se, unconfirmed sightings. There's just this interest because this story has had no solid conclusion. This man disappeared. I... He, there's some speculation that perhaps he disappeared to Europe where he's using his language skills, he's fluent in multiple languages, uh, to hide from the FBI. Um, and t- he's done so successfully uh, because, again, they're still looking for him today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. I'm trying and and failing to put myself in Kathy Gilchrist's shoes right now. And that's probably impossible to do because I just can't fathom what it would be like to spend years searching for the identities of your birth parents and then learn that this man, this, this fugitive and alleged murderer is your birth father. She had to just be reeling when she found that out. So it's so interesting because that's what I said to Susan and her reaction was uh, not not necessarily the case. Rather, whether it was shock or whether this woman has the most incredible sense of humor, Kathy Gilchrist's reaction when Susan called her up and told her this was she starts laughing and she basically says, well, of course my father's a murderer. <laughs> Speaking with an NBC affiliate in her home state of North Carolina, Kathy says her gut reaction was shock. I just laughed. I laughed. We have a great sense of humor in my um, adoptive family. And um, I thought, of course my father's a murderer. And maybe on some level that has to be a reaction to the irony of, well, you got the answers you were looking for, are you happy? But at the same time, I'm sure there's a realization that you're now a part of an incredibly sad story. Absolutely. I think maybe I'll backtrack a bit there to say, When Kathy began this search for her biological parents, as I said, she had this great relationship with these parents who raised her. So she wasn't looking, per se, for a second set of parents. She didn't feel like she had lost anything uh, through her adoption as far as finding these nurturing parents. She was just looking to find out more about herself. 
And she said actually that sometimes she had these impulsive reactions or she had certain uh, behaviors that were unlike her, her, the parents who raised her. Uh, she was also very artistic and she had just been wondering, you know, where does this come from? I wonder if it's tied to my biology. So this was really more about fulfilling a curiosity and I can't imagine, you know, what it must feel like to be in, in her shoes. And I think I did speak to Susan about this and she, and she said, there is a, absolutely a sense of sadness where she has these biological, three biological half brothers that she's never known, uh, that she will never know because something unimaginable happened to them. She fully feels the sadness of these brothers she never got to meet. So there is this sadness to it, uh, but I think there's also a sense of just comfort and, or, or relief in knowing her full story, no matter how horrific it turned out to be. Right. You mentioned some of those characteristics or traits that it sounds like Kathy always wondered if, oh, did that come from my birth parents? Mm -hmm. As you laid out in your reporting, her third cousin, Susan, had this surreal moment when she's looking at these wanted posters for Brad Bishop when she realizes, hey, this this looks like Kathy. What did she have to tell you about that discovery? Right. So she she looked at these pictures and said, this looks exactly, not, not exactly, but this there's a striking resemblance here. And what's been interesting is now that this story has become more widespread. The Bishop family, some a second cousin on the Bishop family has reached out to Kathy and she said the same thing where there is a resemblance there. And Kathy also, uh, she was a teacher, so very smart as well. And she had this uh, creative side. I believe she was in theater. Uh, so there is this sense of similarities as far as uh, Bishop also having the knack for languages and perhaps a more creative side. Have you learned anything about the story behind Kathy's adoption? Why Brad Bishop and and her birth mother decided to put her up for adoption? I, I assume it was prior to everything happening in the 70s, obviously. Of course. So what I know about this is limited, but because, as I said, Susan is protecting uh, the biological mother's identity, who who was not the woman who was killed uh, in the 70s. This woman, what we do know is that her family spent a lot of time in Boston. And when Susan was initially looking to see, is this even possible that was this man possibly in this area at the same time as her birth mother was, you know, let's let's connect those dots first. And it was. Uh, she speculates that the two of them met at a college party when Bishop was at Yale. It's believed he visited Boston for many college parties where this biological mother was living at the time. So those dots did connect. And that's how Susan knew that this was certainly possible. And if there is something positive to come out of all this, a silver lining, if we want to call it that, it sounds like the Bishop family is is happy to know this other family member of theirs now. 
So it goes back to that conversation that I mentioned. This second cousin on the bishop side of the family had of Kathy's had reached out to her and she had mentioned that resemblance. Uh, but they also, of course, had this deeper conversation. And what they spoke about was, of course, this horrible incident, what happened to this family now decades ago. And this second cousin did say that there is a sense of finding something that they've lost that through everything it's while it can never make up for what happened or or the people that they lost through that horrible incident they've now found someone and and added someone to their family who they didn't expect uh to find and it's brought them some sense of joy throughout all of this. Um, decades later, who could have imagined? This is just such a bizarre story that I know I'm still wrapping my head around for anyone else who wants to learn more about this story. You can check out Hannah's reporting at newscentermain.com. And again, we cover Brad Bishop's story on our February 28th episode of The Daily Crime titled It Starts Off Just Like Any Day. Hannah Deneen with News Center Maine. Thanks for taking us on this uh, strange journey. <laughs> thanks for having me, Reid. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Daily Crime. We're here every day, Monday through Friday. That's five days a week. But if you are looking for more true crime after that, check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, which you can find wherever you listen to The Daily Crime. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reid Redmond. Redmond.